Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. I am so glad that I found Buzzsprout and was lucky enough to start with them. They've been so instrumental in helping me grow That Girl the Podcast. I love that I can look at my stats anytime, anywhere, and know exactly how I'm doing. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Chapter 13. Silence is Golden I drive up the hill that night to Ryan's house. He has a mid-century style place in the Los Feliz Hills with the most spectacular view of the city. There are floor-to-ceiling windows everywhere and an open floor plan making it the perfect party house, which is perfect for him. He's an amazing host, which would make sense having to frequent so many shows and be the voice of so many artists. He makes people feel welcomed, as if they were related to him. He actually has very few family members that he knows of. His parents split early on, and he never heard from his father after he left them when he was five. His mother became addicted to drugs and left him with his grandmother one day and never came back. They found her a year later dead in a crack house somewhere in downtown. His grandmother died when he was ten, and he moved around foster homes from then on. That Ryan is so level-headed is beyond me. He's a little neurotic, but it's who he is. His life could have worked out very differently for him. He could have ended up like his mother. Instead, he donates to a few different charities, including a boys club that helps orphans find a place to live after they're 18. He's a really good human being, and I'm really lucky to know him. I've left a few things at his house in the years while we've been friends, mainly a toothbrush and some contact solution after a long weekend at South by Southwest, or just our late nights that I've become so accustomed to. He knows me so well, he eventually got me a whole collection of toiletries, including a beautiful-smelling rose body lotion from Paris. It sits in one of the bathrooms for me whenever I come over. I've never been a huge fan of rose, but I'll wear it when I'm here. Now, whenever I smell roses, I think of him. That's just Ryan for you. He pays attention to people's needs and would literally do anything for someone he cares about. I walk into the kitchen to get some juice. His kitchen is the kind of kitchen I imagine some hip 1960s guy drinking martinis would cook in. It's open and airy with wooden cabinets. As I reach for the juice, Brian reaches across and grabs it for me. Can I make you anything? He asks, pouring my juice into the tiniest mint green juice cup. No, I'm just thirsty, I say, closing the door to the fridge. He hands the cup of juice to me and smiles. Thanks, I say, taking a sip. Come on. He leads me into a sunken living room that overlooks the skyline. This is the perfect house for a swanky New Year's Eve party. There's a long balcony just perfect for wishing on stars after having too much champagne and a countdown. We plop down on the round green velvet mid-century couch and sink into it. Ryan puts Comedy Central on in the background for noise, and The Daily Show comes on. I look over at him laughing at some political commentary and see the wrinkles form at the sides of his eyes, which look really cute. It's funny to see how we're getting older little by little. 
His beard is a little longer lately, making him look even more rugged and sexy. And he has a new haircut I'm just now noticing. It's shorter on the sides and slightly taller in the front. He looks great now that I'm really noticing. How does he not have a girlfriend? Maybe he's been secretly gay this whole time. I think about it longer, and I rule it out immediately. He's too good in bed. God, that was a long time ago. The last time we slept together was when we first met and tried dating. That feels like a lifetime ago now. As he laughs, I wonder if maybe Jennifer has been right this whole time. Maybe Ryan really is the right guy for me. The horror of thinking this could be true, along with how many wasted years I've spent on all of the not-right guys, is really alarming. I can't tell if what I'm feeling right now is excitement or melancholy over my lost youth. By now, Ryan can feel me looking at him and looks over smiling. You okay? I simply stare at him, not knowing what to say. He turns the TV on mute and looks at me concerned. Hello, wake up, he snaps at me. I shake my head from side to side, pretending to wake up. I'm very woke all of a sudden. And then this comes out of my mouth. No warning, just, why don't we get married? His eyebrows skyrocket up. Whoa, he chokes. That is not what I thought you were going to say. I shake my head in disbelief at the whole situation. Seriously, why didn't we end up together married with like two kids years ago? We get along, we act like a couple, we have everything in common. What's wrong with us? He takes a deep breath in and exhales, looking for the answer to something so much bigger than the time I've given him. Um, well, you, uh, you just didn't seem like you were looking for a relationship for a very long time. So I guess I just thought we missed our chance. And aren't you dating that guy? He says, trying carefully not to impale an already delicate situation. I look up, thinking out loud. I was that I realized it's actually over. (laughs) After two months of not seeing each other and with no plans in the future to, it's definitely done. I hate to say I told you so, but... He kids. You don't have to rub it in. When I look at him, he looks so much lighter and relieved. But to answer your question, I guess I wasn't ready for a relationship. But I think I might be ready now. All of these years, I just thought the music needed to come first and that I couldn't have a relationship. That's what a guy would say. You know, when I first met you, I thought you were a lesbian. What? Why? Because of stuff like what you just said. You're very independent. And at the time, you wore a lot of plaid. We laughed together at this. I pout. So really, all I've done is prolonged my loneliness? He puts his hand on my leg, bringing me closer to him. He waits, and then very seriously, he says, I know we've been friends for a long time, and I think that's a really good sign, he says, waiting for me to answer. I nod instantly, feeling my nerves rise, and wonder what it is that I'm trying to get out of this. I know you might not be ready for a full-blown relationship, but I just want you to know that if what you're saying is what I think you're saying, he looks at me, reading my face. I look back at him like a deer in the headlights, riddled with guilt and confusion. He takes it in and decides to continue anyway. We can take this as slow or as fast as you want. It's up to you, he says lovingly. You've always made me really happy and I just want to make you happy too, if that's what you want.
I sit there mulling over everything we've just said to each other and what it all means. Then, Ezra floats back into my mind. I wouldn't be doing something like this if Ezra were here. But he isn't here, and this is real. Isn't that what I want? I smile uncomfortably at him and squeak out, Okay, let's try this. He stares at me a little longer. Okay, are you sure? Before I let myself think about it too much, I shake my head yes and lean over and kiss him. He kisses me back softly, making it sweet and meaningful. It's different than it used to be. I feel a buzz between us, an electricity that was never there before. We were kids when we did this before, but we've both grown up. We've changed. I've changed. I start to realize in the comfort of a man's arms that truly cares about me how different a kiss can be. And if this is just how a kiss feels, how different everything could be. How it might not always be just me, but a we. As we kiss, I will myself to fall for him. I think I can. I think I can. I say it over and over in my head like a chant. He leans his forehead on mine and whispers, I'm really happy. But I don't say it back. Instead, I close my eyes and just for a moment, imagine Ezra whispering it instead. I waste no time getting into a relationship or whatever we're calling this tonight. I bring him into the bedroom and we have wild, multiple orgasm, soul bonding, incredible sex. Something I was not expecting at all. It's like we've been doing this for years. He does everything I like and some things I've never felt before, making me even more intrigued. He's great in bed. And I'm enjoying myself if you count feeling like your head and your vagina are in two different people, which is somewhat how it feels at times. I'm not sure if I'm trying to rebound or if I'm just shocked that Ryan and I are having sex. When we finish, I fall into the bed happily. I put my hand on his cheek and turn his face towards mine. He nuzzles into it and looks happily back at me. He sweetly kisses my forehead, my eyelids, my cheeks, and finally my lips. Just when he starts to open his mouth to say whatever sweet, thoughtful thing he has to say, I stop him and put my hand lightly over his mouth. I have to pee, I say lovingly. He laughs. Go pee. Don't want you getting a UTI. I pop up from the bed and look back at him and think, wow, he really is amazing. What other guy would ever consider me like that? This is a man who knows women. When I get back, I curl up next to him his arms knowing exactly how to hold me. I sigh a happy sigh, wondering if this could be our normal, if this relationship really happened. He reaches over to turn the bedside light off. It's getting pretty late. My heart immediately jumps. Oh, did you want me to leave? He pulls me even closer. No, I just think it's time to get some sleep. Can you get the light? I laugh at myself and reach over to turn it off and then nuzzle back into him. As we lay there, his breath falls in sync with mine. Slowly, all of the thoughts of the day float out of my mind as I fall deeper and deeper into sleep with Ryan. Sometime in the middle of the night, curled up in his sweet, protective arms, I wake up. It's silent. Like the kind of silence you hear in the woods, right before something bad is about to happen in a movie. I can hear Ryan's soft, rhythmic breath telling me he's asleep. I marvel at this because sleeping has never been my strong suit when I'm first staying over at someone's house, especially someone I'm newly dating, which I may or may not have started doing tonight. 
I look at him and wonder how he can be so comfortable with me. How he can profess his feelings so sincerely and how he can seem like he actually means them. I'm lying here in the arms of what every girl hopes and prays for. A committed man. He couldn't be any more perfect. And that's when, in a thickening silence, something bad starts to happen. My breath goes from silent to deep, heavy sighs. I breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth. I concentrate on this and hope that it can help stop the panic I feel starting to set in. I've been known to have my share of panic attacks in the middle of the night, just like any other red-blooded West Hollywood woman, but I haven't had one in a while, and I wasn't planning on one tonight. I can feel the sweat forming on my forehead, and my stomach start to twist into knots. I try desperately to think happy, soothing thoughts, but all I can think about is how angry I am. I have no one to blame but myself for this kind of drama in my life. The drama with Ezra, drama with the song, drama with my job. I'm so angry at myself for having been such a coward for so long, and I want it all to stop right now. Panicked, I hope that he doesn't wake up to see me struggling. Sweat starts to pour down my face. My stomach hurts more and more with each deep breath, and then I start to hyperventilate. I inch away from him and face the other direction, knowing that it's only a matter of time before I'm going to be sick. My stomach gurgles, and I start to hear my own rapid heartbeat begin to thump louder in my ears. I think about bathrooms I can run to. He has one in his bedroom, but there's no noise barrier, and I don't know what might happen if I get in there. But then I remember the bathroom on the other side of the house, and I suddenly become obsessed with getting to it without waking him up. If I can just slowly get out of bed, open the door, and tiptoe away, I can make it, and he'll never know I had a panic attack because I'm a total commitment phobe. I count to three in my head to get up. One, you can do this. Two, you really don't have a choice unless you're okay with shitting the bed. Three, I slowly get up and search for something to wear. I look over and see my dress from the night is laid out on a chair. I tiptoe over and slip it over my head, knowing that my getaway is just moments away. Finally, with beads of sweat dripping down my back and not knowing whether it's really dark in this room or if I'm starting to black out, I squeeze open the door to leave. The squeak from the knob pierces through the nighttime silence and wakes him. He rustles in the sheets and turns the lights on. Where are you going? He says groggy. I turn and freeze. A lone bead of sweat runs down the side of my face. Nowhere! Um... I pause and think of an excuse. My blood sugar is low. I'm just going to get something to eat, I say, pointing towards the door. He sits up. Oh, I don't know if there's anything to eat. Wish I had some cookies. I'll go with you to see what we have, offers the ever-perfect man. I gasp. No, it's okay. I'll just, I'll find something. Just stay here, I say as more of a warning than a command. He looks at me concerned. Are you okay? Definitely, I say, tiptoeing backwards. I'll be right back. I smile sweetly and close the door. I proceed to run across the house towards the bathroom, thinking this would be the perfect time to just get in my car and leave. But leaving and my stomach are definitely not on the same page. I have beige interior in my car, for God's sakes. What if something happened on the ride home? I imagine taking my car to the detailer and trying to think of some excuse for the large brown circle on the driver's side seat. 
I think whatever might happen in Ryan's guest bathroom is better than ruining my car. Or, you know, friendship, relationship, whatever. I find the bathroom and switch on the light. It's decorated in an old Hollywood theme. There are pictures of starlets and frame records on the wall. My rose lotion sits daintily on the counter, staring up at me. Just as I wonder if Ryan used a decorator, I'm distracted by something at the corner of my eye. Above the toilet is the biggest cockroach I've ever seen in my life. There he is, hanging out with his little antennas, darting back and forth, taunting me. Sweat continues to run down the sides of my face, and I don't have time to question how I'm going to get rid of him. So I pick up a buck on Marilyn Monroe and try swatting at it. It jumps and starts to fly around me. I yelp and try swanning at it again, but it keeps crashing into me over and over again. Thoroughly disgusted, I reach for the door and open it. It flies out and scuttles away. I slam the door closed, throw open the lid of the toilet, and hunker down. It's like Baghdad down there. Bombs exploding, children screaming. It's violent. I hold on and pray for mercy. I thank the universe again for letting there be a bathroom across the house and am truly grateful that Ryan will never have to know about this as my intestines rebel against me. At one point, I think I may puke while I'm on the toilet, so I reach for the waste paper basket to throw up in. I look down into it and see that it's an actual basket with no plastic lining, so I can't throw up in it. If I need to throw up, I need to either throw up in the sink or turn around into the toilet, and there's no way I'm doing that. I swallow my vomit and wait to stop shitting. At this point, I can't tell if this is food poisoning, a panic attack, or corona. When it seems like there may be nothing left in me, I finally sit up from hugging my knees and look down into the bowl. It's a massacre. How could one small girl be so full of shit? Shaking, I flush the toilet and turn to wash my hands, panting and grateful that it's all over. After a few seconds of some much-needed relief, I look at my face in the mirror. I look pale and sweaty. My lips are shriveled and I look thinner. I look back into the bowl to make sure the water is flushed completely, but to my horror, it hasn't, and my very worst fear has just reared its ugly brown head. The water in the toilet is starting to rise. No, this is not happening. Oh my god, please. I know I've been a shitty person, but I'll do anything not to have my shit overflow all over the perfect man's perfect floor. I throw open the cupboard under the sink and look for a plunger. There, to my amazement, is one. I grab it and push it into the bottom of the bowl as water steadily heads to the surface. I slosh and swirl the water, plunging up and down, hoping for something to happen. But nothing changes. It won't go down, and I'm too afraid to flush the toilet for fear that it'll overflow even more. I try to remember anything I can from what people have told me about plunging toilets, which is zero. Desperate, I stop plunging, run out of the bathroom, and open up his laptop on the coffee table. I search Google for how to unclog a toilet and a little cartoon graphic comes up. In one picture, there's something about using a hanger and dish soap, which I am not prepared to do either. Oh God, fuck my life. I grab the plunger and keep plunging up and down, hoping for something to change. Exhausted and completely helpless after plunging for what feels like a half hour, I know I can't save this. There is nothing more I can do except grab my purse, leave my underwear, and never see Ryan again.
but I know I can't do that either. In the very real dark night of my soul, I realize that facing your fears is part of being an adult in an adult relationship. I have to face the utter humiliation of telling him that I've just destroyed his bathroom and whatever fantasy he may have had about me or my ass. I reluctantly walk the walk of shame into his bedroom, where he's sleeping. I crawl on the bed, hoping that maybe this has all just been a bad dream. Sitting up on my knees, I whisper his name a few times. He reaches out for me. Come here. But I don't budge. He sits up a little more. Are you okay? I pull my skirt down over my knees nervously. Um, actually, I need to tell you something. I say, utterly horrified at what I'm about to admit. I begin to shiver from the shock of being violently ill, and now having to admit that there's a crime scene in his bathroom, when I'll probably never be a guest in again. Just tell me in the morning, he says, and pats the side of the bed for me to lie down. No, I say panicked. I kind of need to tell you right now. He sits up a little more and listens. I start in. Um, so... I'm not really feeling well. I know. I wish there was something I could do, he says softly. I inhale sharply. And, well, I trail off. This is the moment. This is the moment I will never get back. The moment I tell him I clogged his toilet because telling me that he wants to make me happy has literally caused me to be sick. I take a deep breath and dive in. That kind of clogged your toilet, I say. I'm so paralyzed by fear, it seems as if I am floating above my body watching some poor girl do the dirty work for me. He giggles a little bit. (laughs) Wait, what? Mortified, I whisper it again. That clogged your toilet? He giggles again. No, I, I heard you the first time. Seriously? Seriously? I wrinkle my forehead, desperate to fix the situation. Is there a plumber I can call? He sits up completely amused at my dilemma and sighs. It's okay, I'll fix it. No! I yelp, lunging at him. He shrugs. It's really nothing. I can do it in the morning, he says nonchalantly. I'm terrified at this idea, and I try to stop it. No, really, you don't need to. I can hire someone, I plead. Come on. If whatever we just started keeps going, there are going to be a lot more embarrassing moments to come. Like you and labor. I stop freaking out for a moment, and I'm shocked that he'd quote my labor fantasy out of thin air. He laughs. That'll make this toilet incident seem like nothing. You know you poop on the table giving birth. He laughs. I stare at him, dead to the world. I am horrified. I can't be talking about my shit out loud to you. I'm supposed to be this sex goddess, not someone pooping on a table. I don't really care. Really. This is what real life is like. Shit happens. He turns on the light and starts to laugh. (laughs) You look terrible. I sigh. I guess this is it. What else do you do when you've completely ruined any lie you might have had about not being human anymore? I look at him defeated, and he pulls me down onto the bed into a hug. You know, this is big for us, he says half-joking. I look at him confused. I said I cared about you, and you took a shit in my bathroom. 
I'd say we're really onto something here. I roll my eyes. It's impossible not to adore this guy. It really is. If he can clean up my shit, then who knows what else he's capable of cleaning up in my life, including me. He kisses my forehead and turns off the light for us to go back to sleep. I lie there in his arms, and finally, for the first time, I let go. Hey guys, did you know that for $5 a month, you can help support That Girl the Podcast on our new Patreon page? You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes only seen on Patreon, bonus footage on current episodes, Q&As, and everyone's favorite, loopers, and so much more. Because That Girl doesn't have sponsors, you'd be our sponsor. With $5 a month, you can help me keep making the podcast. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash thatgirlthepodcast.